Brothers and sisters of the leaf, this is Oscar Diva, and first let me thank you for tuning in. Today I'd like to take you on a little adventure. Uh, I think it's a much needed reprieve after how heavy our last podcast was. Oh, speaking of our podcast, <clears throat> I spoke too soon. Here he goes. <clears throat> Impatient. Okay, so. I have with me today the illustrious, the intelligent, the hilarious. Are you going to stop me? Nope. Jesus. Coconut Stick Man. Yay, yay. Is here. For those that don't know, this is podcast number five. Coconut Stick Man's in the house. I got to be the hype man for the diva. Are, are you actually doing a podcast without your applause? Wait, yeah, that's oh right. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. The audience has to wait. Wait, wait, wait. <sighs> my applause. Continue. For a moment, I thought the ego had fixed, but no. Never. No. <laughs> Never. Just a little PSA. This actually is a Cigar Diva podcast. You're not getting confused. Uh, yes, but anyway... So we're going on a little Brazilian adventure, and I think that that's much needed after the weight of the last podcast. I don't even know where to start. My gosh, what an adventure. So let me tell you, I we're smoking the CAO Amazon Basin, mm-hmm. and I love a good story behind a cigar. It means so much to me. Yes, I actually care immensely what goes into my cigar. If I like it, why do I like it? What types of tobacco are making me love it? Or what was the process? Was there something unique about the fermentation or whatever the case may be? Uh, and so the the CAO Amazon Basin, I don't, is it, yeah. You know, it, it's it's funny. So let me number one, let me give some shout outs. So number one, is it CAO, KO? Uh, between the three lounges we go to here in the Eastern Seaboard, four, excuse me, Monte Cristo, Holtz, Belvedere, and Cigar Sessions, every tobacconist we talk to says KO or CAO. I'm not going to argue with any of them because they're bigger than me and they could punch me in the face. <laughs> So <laughs> that's not true, but no, we have actually asked around and, uh, mm-hmm. everyone says, to be honest with you, I don't know. That's just what I say. It's kind of like Bovida versus Bovida, but exactly. Mm-hmm, but let me give these shout outs real quick. Number one to Pat at Cigar Sessions. He was able to score us a box of this. So we're letting that age and we're going to fight about that later on. Rafiq <laughs> at Belvedere. Yeah. Place your bets now, folks. You know who's going to win. I know. So Rafik at Belvedere, at the last minute, you know, this beautiful person, this beautiful soul was able to get us a couple of sticks for the review. You know, he had, he put some aside for us and he was able to score some cigars. So thank you both Pat and Rafik from Cigar Sessions and Belvedere, respectively, to get us these cigars. Third shout out is to Mr. Vargas at Cigar Sessions. Mm-hmm. Back in January, when we were there for the playoffs, he introduced us to this cigar. He told us, he raved about it. He's like, you guys have to smoke this diva stick, man. You got to smoke this. 
I was like, sir, you scare me, and I will agree <laughs> with, and I will agree oh, with. He's a sweetheart. He is. He's he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's one of the coolest cats you'll ever meet. And you know. his wife. Oh yeah. Oh, she's. But she scares me even more. She looks like she'll like stab you, put it on TikTok, get a million <laughs> views, and then want you to redo the video getting stabbed again. But I digress. But you know, she's a sweet woman herself, Mr. Vargas, Madam. Thank you guys for introducing us to this stick. Now, Diva, as we know that, if you don't know, the Cigar Diva is also a reviewer for the Whiskey Network. She's been doing reviews for over a year now, where she pairs cigars and whiskeys and does pairings for people that are cigar smokers, as well as whiskey, bourbon, scotch, and so forth. Now, we're going to do this review a little differently, as there's millions of reviews out there where people say, well, here's the first third, then fast forward, here's the second third, fast forward, here's the third third. We're going to talk about what the diva's pairing it with, why she paired it with what she did, and what I'm pairing it with. As I smoked this earlier this week, I paired it with the Bell Mead. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I thought the floral notes and everything with the Bell Mead matched everything of all the transitions of the cigar. But this time around, I'm having it with an espresso. Diva, what are you pairing it with? Are you pairing it with the Bell Mead again, as from your review, or what are you going with? I am again pairing it with the Bell Mead, but I am pairing it dirty. Uh, for those of you who are not whiskey drinkers, it just means I dropped a couple of craft cubes in there and let it open up a little bit. It uh, tends, I've just found today that it, it really helps open up and differentiate the notes because. I find that the Bellmead Reserve is almost as complex as the Amazon Basin. And because of that, I like the the ice bringing out uh, or, or even separating a little bit more so I can taste those palate notes differently, separately. You know, they're both so complex. They're such a journey. But... You're lucky because espresso is either it's warm when it comes out of the damn thing or it's cold when I'm not sitting drinking it. So as the diva will be the expert in this, as always, because she is the diva when it comes to bourbon, scotch, whiskeys and cigars. And I'm just a hype man and just the bridesmaid, never the bride. Uh-huh. Uh, let's talk about the first thirds of the cigar. And I want to compare notes between your notes and my notes. So, diva, please. Well, well, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about why. Yeah. Why, why is the Amazon Basin worth a podcast? Well, when Vargas said, you know, you absolutely have to try this. It's it's amazing. It's unbelievable. The first thing I do is look it up. I don't first run to the humidor, or I may run to the humidor and look at it. But the next thing I do is I want to know what went into the cigar that made it so special. Mm-hmm. I am admittedly not usually a CEO, CAO, pardon me, uh, fan. I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that I don't like CAO cigars. Quite the contrary. It's just not the shelf of the humidor to which I normally run when I get to the lounge. If you could reach the shelf. You know, I can't... (laughs) I can't even laugh at that. He outed me because there's always at least one, if not two shelves at every shop that I can't reach. 
I know. So, <laughs> and it's funny because you have to use a stepladder, so which just cracks me up. So, getting back to the CAO, uh, the Amazon Basin. So, one of the things I knew right off the bat, I had previously reviewed the CAO Pallone, the Cal Pallone. And the Pallone in the United States was almost entirely overlooked. A lot of people had never even heard of it. In France, it was Cigar of the Year, I think in 2018, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. And before I reviewed it, naturally, I, I looked up why. And it had a very special fermentation technique, uh, you know, over 100 years old technique. And so I know that CAO is no stranger to special tobaccos and special fermentation processes. But I really wanted to know what made the Amazon Basin so special. And supposedly it is literally grown so deep in the rainforest that plants have to be spaced apart uh, a lot to, to maximize the sun exposure. The plants themselves are... Uh, not exactly the most bountiful when it comes to how much can be harvested and they're grown so carefully. And so uh, they have to be literally canoed out of the rainforest to a nearby village where it's then taken to a city uh, to get to a port. Long story short, this cigar goes through a hell of a lot to end up in our hands. And so one of the things that I went into it thinking was, is it really that special? It sounds like a movie title, like, you know, like City of God or something where he has to go from the village to a, you know, a truck to the city, to the port, and then finally get home. It's like, if Michael Bay, if you're listening, this is a great movie title. It would be. Yeah. A, a movie <laughs> about a really special cigar and, and something. Anyway, uh, so the cigar goes through so much to get into our hands, and the way that the tobacco is grown, only 6,000 18-count boxes were made for the United States market. Is it a unicorn? Not yet, but it has unicorn potential because once those 6,000 boxes are gone, if they're not already, uh, there's no more. The last CAO Amazon Basin release was in 2014, which means we have waited... Almost close to seven to eight years. Yeah, seven, eight years uh, for this release. And so a lot of suspense and a lot of hype. And the question really was, does it live up to the hype? And also, you know, why pair it with Bellmate? Mm -hmm. I mean, at least that's what my review was about. And uh, when it comes to the Bellmate Reserve, I'll be honest, it's, it's miserable. It's northeast weather. I am so sick of northeast weather. And I was looking for a whiskey that would really warm me up. It's funny you say that because my first pairing when I smoked the basin was a Johnny Walker Blue. Ooh. Thank you, Israel, for introducing me to something that made <laughs> me sound like the guy from, you know, from Weird Science. Like, yeah, 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 she hurt my heart, you know, but <laughs> I digress. But 
it, it's, it's a very interesting cigar. And you're right, Diva. It, it is one of those cigars that is not a unicorn yet. But give it about a year or two. It's going to be one of those sought after cigars where people that have it in their humidor is letting it rest as we enjoy it now. It's going to be even better later. And now that we've tasted it, we're already into the cigar because we're not doing the traditional first, second, and third per se. Mm-hmm. I think now you could imagine what if someone said, hey, I've got a couple of 2014s. Oh, that this was... <laughs> you know, my, my eyes would light up at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a very special cigar, and... It's not just because of the story behind it. I had to get that out. Uh, but also, it it tricked me. It tricked me. You know, when I first reviewed it, and I, I go through a very sort of a meditative process in reviewing the cigar, and I smelled it from the side. I'm smelling the wrapper, and I smelled a lot of cocoa. Mm-hmm. I presumed that it was going to be another cigar full of cocoa and, and the usual baking spices and whatnot. And I thought, okay, I'm not disappointed at all. That's in my wheelhouse. And curveball, uh, right from the pre-light draw, before I even took a match to it, I tasted anise. I tasted something that was different. It took me a few puffs to really isolate what it was, and it was anise, and I couldn't believe it. It just, how did it go so far uh, before it was even lit? And right then and there, I knew that it was going to be a journey of a cigar. You know, it's it's funny, Diva. I'm, I'm going to touch on what I what I experienced with it. And I, I tasted anise, uh, cocoa, like, you know, how when you, back in the day, for those that are listening, remember how you put the... Hershey's cocoa powder in your milk and mix it. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of strong cocoa notes to it, which which shocked me for a cigar like this. I was Why kind. Of, did that shock you? I was expecting something stronger. I was t- expecting maybe peppery, maybe mm. you know more cedar and everything. But we'll get to that in a moment. But it was a pleasant surprise from the dry draw before we lit it. I used a actual you know wooden stick match. We both did. And as the diva's retouching her cigar right now. You know, it's it was a pleasant surprise. A it was if, for those that are going to plan to smoke it or pick it up. We recommend highly using a wooden matchstick. It's if you have a lighter, that's fine. You know, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But the I, wooden matchstick just brought out more of the flavor for me, at least. Absolutely. Someone actually gave me that tip before I did the written review, which does go in the usual first, second, and third format. If you you know happen to prefer that, but uh, it was recommended that I light it with a natural wooden match, and I am so grateful for that advice because I feel like it made such a difference. Yes, I feel like it's perfectly fine to touch it up or relight uh, with a torch if needed. Another piece of advice that was uh, given to me was to keep the burn even because that will keep the flavor medley. Yes, I agree. On track. And I have found that definitely to be true. So light it naturally. Don't be afraid to touch up with the torch, but keep it even and start it out 
naturally with uh, either cedar, long stick match, whatever's your preference. So, as we're talking about the first third of the cigar, Diva, what did you experience with your initial review and smoking it now? I feel like the cocoa in the wrapper, you know, there was the curveball of, oh my gosh, I, I, anise, really? That's not something I usually taste in a cigar. I was blown away by that. And when I lit it, there was the anise, there was the cocoa coming from the wrapper. Something floral jumped in and it, it knocked my socks off because this was not a combination that I am accustomed to. This is not a combination I find in any other cigar. And I, at first was, my first thought was, can this really work? And with a few more puffs of the cigar, I thought this is amazing. The way that these flavors are coming together between cocoa, floral, some baking spices, mm -hmm. It, the balance is just amazing. And that's when I really had gratitude for that piece of advice to light it naturally, because I wouldn't want to want to have done anything that would have messed up with that balance. And, and I have to, I have to agree with you from my experience, from my notes here, uh, when I, when I initially smoked it and smoked it again, these are almost identical to what I experienced. Now, again, you're drinking it with the Bell Mead. So obviously the bell mead adds a compliment to your palate when you're smoking and drinking the bell mead. Where for me, drinking an espresso, you know, just a little bit of sugar and everything in it. I actually enjoyed it a lot with the first third. I actually found that it opened up my sinuses. It opened up for me for retrohaling and so forth. That the I started to taste more of it. Where for me, I don't taste those things right away. It takes me a quick minute or two. And it opened up for me on both occasions. For my first time smoking it, and even just today, it, it was a really good taste. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a real pleasant cigar. It's not too overpowering with the smut, with the baking spices or the cocoa or anything of that sort. It's just like a nice complement to a relaxing cigar. So for that's the first third of the cigar, which for those that you know always like to compare their cigars with the first third, you're gonna have a really ple pleasant experience. Now, Diva. Let's talk about the middle of the cigar. Well, before we get to the middle of the cigar, because it does transition so much, this is what I would often call a shapeshifter. I've had some cigars that were more of a shapeshifter. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me. A perfect example, the Viva La Vida Lancero. Uh, that or, or the Aroma de Cuba Passion, mm -hmm. that's like having three entirely different cigars in one. But this is still a journey. It is definitely a transitional cigar that takes you on a flavor journey. Uh, but I want to mention the construction. Yes. Because if you look at the Amazon Basin at just a glance and you see how toothy it is, you see the veins in the wrapper, you might be inclined to think, oh my gosh, this thing is going to fall apart. No, it's beautiful. It may look rustic, but it is perfectly constructed. It's very strong. It's very smooth. The oils are beautiful. It's just... A great cigar. Yeah. 
I, I'm looking at the ashtray that we're using and I could see that the ash is solid. You know, there's no crumbling of the ash. You know, it's not a dirty cigar where it's falling apart. Like you said, it's just well constructed. And that's one big thing for me is like when I'm sitting at a lounge or where we're sitting at a lounge diva, we don't want to be like swiping at our clothing every couple of minutes. Mm -mm. So this is a great cigar in that. So let's talk about the second thirds. Now you're still pairing it with the Bell Mead. Yes. And what did you experience on the second third of the cigar? I I felt as though, well, I'm I'm in the. I guess I'm about in the second third now, about midway through, and this is where I'm getting a little bit of spice. It's not pepper. It's not a black pepper spice. It's not very peppery forward, or maybe there's a hint of black pepper, but it doesn't overpower the other flavors. I feel like the floral has taken a little bit of a backseat right now. I'm getting a little bit more of allspice, clove, um, getting a little bit of cumin and definitely some nuttiness. Mm -hmm. It is very, very strong in the flavor aspect. It's not overly strong in the body aspect. What I mean is I would still consider it medium to full at most. So don't be turned away if you're not normally a full-bodied cigar smoker. The fullness is in the palate. Yes. And, you know, comparing my notes to your notes, the transition for me became better. You know, I still tasted cocoa notes. I tasted floral things such as like, I would say like maybe a hibiscus or something like a florally notes type of thing, like a jasmine. But again, I'm pairing it with an espresso. So I'm tasting it with a coffee with the cocoa already in it. And maybe for me, it was the bell made, but for me, that that floral note is a little more on the honeysuckle side. But again, we're doing different pairings. So exactly. I did taste a little bit of honeysuckle on it, but not as much as what you're describing, Mm -hmm. which is good. Mm -hmm. This kind of now divides those that are coffee drinkers versus those that drinking it and pairing it with something else. Exactly. Um, I felt the construction was real solid. I had to touch it up once only because when we were recording the podcast and smoking this, I let it sit for a couple of minutes. I had to retouch it and so forth. And then, but it didn't lose any flavor. It didn't lose any type of like the flow was still there for me. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel like I was losing flow or anything of that sort. Now, speaking about that, the second third of the cigar, it's still, you still taste everything that you taste in the first third, but it starts to get better as that transition goes along. I want, can I point out something really interesting? Uh, please. In the first third, I was blown away by anise, the, the tasting note of anise, because that's not something I have found in any other cigar that I've reviewed thus far. I've tasted other savory notes, but nothing like anise and in the second third, I feel like the anise, as well as the floral notes, have taken a little bit of a back seat, but not in the retro hand. Yes, and that's I agree. Where it gets really interesting because it makes it even more of a journey because I'm tasting one thing through the palate. When I retrohale, the anise comes through. It's almost like a play where the anise is on the back end. Solo. It's on the back end. 
but in the second third, it steps forward and does a little solo and says, thank you, and then goes back to, you know. So as you were sipping on the bell mead, mm-hmm. did you feel that the bell mead complemented the cigar, or did you feel that the bell mead kind of took a second seat to the, to the cigar? It definitely complemented it. Like I said, I was looking for a whiskey that would warm me up, not just complement the cigar with the tasting notes, but also just warm me up because in my first review, the weather was miserable. I was, you know, just wanted to be warmed up uh, and have those flavor notes. And I found it to be an excellent sipper. Pairing it again, I prefer it dirty, but the tasting notes, it it has, they're a little bit different. I, um, at first, I thought they were more fall-winter flavors because I tasted sort of a caramel apple, some pie crust. Uh, With the bell mead. Yes, in the bell mead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe even a little bit of cornbread and some slight fruit. I, there was a hint of plum. That it was a lot of stone fruits like plums, apricots, from what I tasted the bell mead. Maybe even a dried cherry. Yes. Maybe. Uh, it's hard to tell with the stone fruits because, you know, they're, they can be very similar, especially in a pairing, but there was that slight hint of dried fruit. And I felt that the way it differed between the nose, because the nose was very sweet and bright. It hit the palate and it took on a different body of caramel, baking spices, uh, which quickly turned into brown sugar and vanilla on the finish. Hmm. Very interesting. Now, like I said, at first I thought maybe, okay, maybe this is more of a a fall-winter sipper. But it better complemented the cigar. Not only did it complement the cigar, but by the end of the pairing, I had a newfound love for Bellmead Reserve and realized that this is an all-year sipper. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we talked about the first two-thirds and, you know, you're not watching a guy sitting on his, you know, patio smoking it and make you jealous that he's smoking it and you're not. But <laughs> um I do have to admit that I, I found a similar thing with the Bell Me when I had it the first time. Um, as I'm not a high bourbon drinker, I actually did find a new love for the Bell Mead. And I agree with you, Diva, that I tasted similar notes to it also. It was something that kept it warm. Pardon me, I gotta do a little touch up here. Mm-hmm. But it was just, it was actually just, it was just perfect. I mean, not nothing's ever perfect in this world, but... This pairing was actually a great pairing. And for those that can find a Bell Mead, you know, at your local retailer and so forth, and and if you could find the basin, we highly recommend it. Now, as I'm already into the final third of the cigar, and you've already smoked the cigar and reviewed it with your notes, Diva, what are your thoughts on the final third of the cigar and the special thing, the caveat about the band? Please let the viewers know. Oh, yes. Uh First of all, the notes of of cocoa have definitely returned. I feel like I'm not tasting any more of the floral notes. Whether it's a little bit of pepper, whether it's the baking spices, the clove, the allspice, I feel that those have taken center stage now. Uh, One of the 
most, I don't know if you'd call it interesting or fun things about the Amazon Basin is you smoke the ring. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons that uh, Coconut Stick Man today is using one of my picks, which is hilarious. I'm glad. I bet you're glad this is a podcast. No, I'm very <laughs> glad this is a podcast. I would lose so many points with people and all street the lounge cred. street cred. Yeah, you know, it's like um, I uh, the company. I you got to tell me the company uh, of Backbone of Cigars. So, uh, quick side note, I. I've never been a pit girl. I've never been one to use cigar picks. I see them everywhere, and I just, they've never really much appealed to me. And I uh, ended up connecting with Backbone of Cigars online on social media, and I'm going to name her Pickmaster. Uh, her name is Chandra, but from here forth, I am going to call her the Pickmaster because. She was able to make a couple of custom picks. Unlike most I've seen, they're not too long. They're not invasive, but my gosh, are they beautiful. Mm -hmm. And she was actually able to go and see my social media profiles, my favorite jewelry, and custom make picks that were just perfect for me i i agree as i saw some of her catalog online i know there's picks for men as well but um and we'll get back to the review in a moment but these picks are just gorgeous and as i'm using it right now as the final third of the cigar they're well constructed well made um this the picks that we have here because they're made for the diva they're more towards for the sisters of the leaf but they are picks that she does make for the Brothers of the Leaf. And I, you know, I'll just be real with you. Go check her out. Go check out her site. Check out their her site. Yeah, their, their site. site. It's actually a veteran-owned business. Yes. And we do love to support veterans uh, any way we can. So that was just a cherry on top to find out that it was a veteran-owned business. Yes. But this is definitely a cigar for which you may need a pick of some sort because you don't take off the band. You smoke the the ring. It is actually made of the tobacco's twine. They, They made twine out of the tobacco used to make the cigar, and that's the ring. And what I found in my uh, initial review was that where you would normally expect a cigar to maybe get a little bit bitter toward the end, Mm -hmm. toward the nub. This cigar is definitely a nubber because you smoke the ring, you get a beautiful cocoa blast, uh, cocoa nuttiness and uh, some dried fruit just jump out from the ring. It's, it's, maybe a raisin, a dried cherry, dried cranberry, or again, one of those dried or dried stone fruits. Yes. And that's one of, one of the places in which the Bell Mead paired so perfectly with the Amazon Basin, but the pick made it such an easier experience. Um, and you don't have to use just the picks that we mentioned. You, If you have a toothpick, you know, if you do, use it. If you have a standard pick, use it. For me, on the final third of the cigar, as I'm finishing off the second one, 
I've noticed it was a very sweet taste when the ring started to burn. Exactly. And that's what made it even more desirable to say like, okay, I'm going to nub this cigar where I normally don't nub cigars. By the time I'm halfway through the final third, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Where this one, I'm kind of like, nope, this is actually very excellently well done, you know, and I know when we go into Humidor, we always see the name brands of cigars and everything and KOs and maybe not for some a in their wheelhouse. I would say if you can find it or have your tobacconist in your local brick and mortar or even online, definitely pick it up. I would say that with this being my my second official CAO review, first the Cologne and now the Amazon Basin, this is enough to make me look at the entire line and say, okay, what, what should I try next? Mm-hmm. Because they were both so unique. Uh, it's just it's just such a fabulous pairing. I think I'm not I'm not in any way taking away from pairing it with coffee because coffee, in my opinion, is one of the universal palate cleansers. I remember that being one of the things that Vargas asked me was, "What do I use to clean my palate before I do a review, a tasting, or a pairing?" Coffee was one of the one of my answers. But I do think that the complex flavors in the Belmede Reserve really do help that journey. Yes. So overall, I I would say it's like got a four out of five for me, at least for the whole cigar. And the Belmede just complements the cigar taste for me, at least. Diva, what do you think? Sorry, I was puffing. Obviously, obviously, or I wouldn't have paired it again. I, I would have suggested something else. And if I were to suggest something else, there are a few other things. Uh, if you're into basil Hayden toast, that's something else that might go well with it. Uh, Woodford Reserve, I believe. Woodford Reserve would go nicely with it. So if you cannot get a hold of Bellmead Reserve, don't worry about it. There are some other whiskeys that will pair well with this. Mm-hmm. The important thing is to understand that uh, the this is a flavor combination that will probably be different than anything you've had at least in a long time. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So for those wondering, we are smoking the Toro size, 6x52. Uh, the MSRP based on... CAO's website was twelve ninety nine to thirteen dollars. It may vary depending on where you're at. A lot. Mm-hmm. It could be a lot. It could be around that price. But I personally From say, what I hear uh, cigars on the West Coast are just insanely expensive. They are. Um, so you know, you may have to price shop and see what availability it is. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, you know, when they ask me, "Hey, stick man, how do you judge a cigar?" I always use a method of three. Uh, if you're if you're on a cigar, buy a three pack or buy three of those cigars because the first one may be horrible or great, second one may be opposite, and the third one will probably give you your final decision. But this one here, I I if I got to tell you this much, uh, the smoky time on this for me at least was a good ninety five minutes to like a hundred minutes, like an hour and a half, maybe close to an hour forty five minutes depending on your smoking time. It's a great relaxing cigar with a drink. You know, if you're watching sports, you know, baseball season's about to start up finally. We're getting into the playoffs, the NCAA tournament's coming up. This is a great cigar for that. I might disagree. 
Really? Yeah. Okay. Not because it isn't a great cigar for a game. It most definitely is. But given the fact that there are only 6,000 boxes, were only 6,000 18-count boxes for the U.S. market, unless you're someone who ran out and bought 10 boxes for yourself when, when they were first released, that's even if your local shop would sell you 10 boxes, knowing that the high demand, mm-hmm. uh, I, I might pick something a little bit more readily available that you're not going to worry about replacing. Can I replace this after the game? Unless, of course, it were the Super Bowl or, you know, a game that's really important to you, then by all means, get crazy. You know, uh, bust out your Amazon Basin. But I have a feeling that as good as it is now, and I would agree with you, I'd definitely give this a four out of five at least. If I could give half points, I would give it another half point. You can. That's your review. That's true. Okay. So it's at a 4.5. But I will say it does. I I have a suspicion that after these beauties sit for another year or two, the construction will remain even more even. Um. They'll age well. They'll age very well from the construction to the palate. I believe that the flavor medley will still be there. I believe that all of those amazing, unique notes that I don't usually find in a cigar will be there. But overall, it's going to require less touch-ups. And also, if you let it age, pardon me, like we said before... It's been seven, eight years since the last Amazon Basin release. Yeah. And so if you, you know, have this in a few years, uh, not only is it going to be a better cigar overall, but who knows when the next batch is going to come. Yeah. So that being said, you know, pair it with whatever you feel that you, what you like to drink it with, whether it's coffee, soda, you know, bourbon, whiskey, rye, whatever your favorite go-to drink is. But do do keep in mind, you're going to have a very pleasant experience with this cigar. And I, I personally feel that this is probably one of the better cigars I've had in 2022 so far, even though we're in March. But this is one of those rare treats where you're just like, wow, this is actually better than I expected. It, it is unique. It definitely stands out from the crowd. And one of the things that I love about the CAO Amazon Basin is that it is a perfect example. I know I say this a lot, but I believe that it means a lot, and it's worth saying. The price tag on the cigar very rarely represents the quality the quality, and the value of the cigar overall. So if, I mean, the MSRP to, to be $13 for... A cigar this special, especially if the whole canoe story is true, mm-hmm. which I believe it to be, but I don't know. I'm not personally there, so I, I can't vouch. But if the story behind how the cigar is made is true, and then taking into account how it tastes, how it smokes, I can't believe that it's that approachable. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. If you could find it, definitely pick it up. Whether if you're lucky enough to get a box, a couple of sticks here and there, 
I mean, if your friend has it, you know, or someone you like, someone you actually like to smoke with <laughs> has it, you know, if they have an extra to spare, definitely, you know, do a trade or, you know, try it for yourself. I mean, like I said, pair it with what you like, pair it how you like, but you are going to have a pleasant experience. What do you think, Diva? I was just taking a palate moment, took a, a good puff, and it's just the, the, the cocoa that's coating my palate along with the other flavors and then that brown sugar and vanilla finish from the Bell Mead. It, it's just... A great pairing. Oh, it's so perfect for a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So that being said... Definitely check with your local retailers, brick and mortar online. Um, for those that want to do more of the technical aspects of the cigar, go to CAO's website. You can find all the information there. But this is something you guys should not miss. So, you know, as we close out this podcast with this review, any other last final thoughts, Diva? I am excited because mine is still going. I've been smoking it a little bit more slowly because I'm talking, but uh, I'm about to hit the ring and smoke the ring. Awesome. I'm really excited. I know that's going to be great. So what we're going to do is we're going to end this podcast as she's going to enjoy her ring. <laughs> Again, guys, we want to hear what you guys thought. Did you guys love it? Did you guys hate it? You know, were you different? Your tastes were different. Did you taste something different? Hit us up. You know, you know where to find the diva. I, I, I hope, you know, social media, Instagram is Cigar Diva, Twitter. Well, if they're listening. Yeah. If yeah they're, they're already here. Yeah. So thank I'll, you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do the shout outs, woman. <laughs> so Instagram, the Cigar Diva, Facebook, the Cigar Diva, Twitter, the Cigar Diva, YouTube, the Cigar Diva. She's kind of like the Cigar Diva everywhere. So. And again, uh, I to the backbone of cigars, Chandra. Thank you. Um, by the way, they, they just wonderful. I, I I can't believe I'm using a pick. Yeah. I honestly can't believe I'm I've using I've never a seen pick. you use a pick, and it's a beautiful pick. So, so Devo, please give us the website name. Backboneofcigars.com. Now, you will find over 400 standard designs and by standard i don't mean boring i mean ones that were already made and they're fabulous everything from her his and hers to hers his uh but they do make custom orders there's a deposit required if you want custom i assure you it's worth it anyone who can go on to your social media profile and design a custom pick to match your favorite jewelry it's amazing. I agree. Amazing. Diva, I agree. So we're going to end this podcast. Any questions, guys, feel free to direct them to the Cigar Diva. And we'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Take care, guys. <laughs>